Hello and welcome everyone to another edition to the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and today I'm joined by my brother, Corey Baumeister. How's it going in Virginia? Oh man, it is going great. I had lunch and a beer on a patio today, Bradley, and it is February. How great well, is that? that? That that is nice. I I just saw the sun for the first time in months <laughs> this weekend. It was it was it was beautiful. I loved every minute of it. But before we get into too much, is it I because you were to... locked in BBD's uh, basement as well, or I did accidentally lock us both in there? Yes. Um, <laughs> no, it is because. The rainy season is a real thing here. Mm, yeah, um, they, they replace snow with just 100% rain, huh? Yeah, I'm looking forward to summer. But before we get too far into this episode, I got a few things to get through. First, you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. All your BBP needs can be found there. Also, this episode goes out to our hashtag ad, our favorite sponsor, our only sponsor. <laughs> they, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't be our favorite though. You know, they just happen to be the only, so they are our favorite. <laughs> yes, that is it. Card conduit. We have an ad. Roll it right now. Hey bro. How's it going? <laughs> terrible, Corey. Terrible. Terrible. How come? Well, I, I'm sorting magic cards of all things right now. Ew. Why are you doing that? That sounds absolutely heinous. Well, I just reached my breaking point. Every set that comes out, I pile up more and more extra cards and it's becoming a problem for me and my fiance. I need to get rid of all these cards, but I just don't want to spew value on them. Dude, just use card conduit. What, what's card conduit? It's the new card hoarder thing. You ship them your cards and they do everything else. They sort and grade your cards, create a buy list, and then sell them on your behalf. Once they finish selling your cards, then they take a small fee and then they just give you that cash. It's honestly that easy, dude. <laughs> Wait, what? That sounds awesome. I'm going to go look them up right now. I know, do it. I should also add that it's 10% off fees by going to cardconduit.com slash bashbros. BBD, get, get the hell out of here. This is, this is our sponsored ad. How did you even get in here? Why did we not notice you? Uh, I've just been hiding behind the piles of brass cards. Ah, uh, uh, BBD. What will he do next? Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell magic cards. Wait. Who was that voice at the end of that? <laughs> at the end of that, I don't know who it is, but we do have to announce our special guest today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> did they sneak in as well, just like they did into our advertisement? They they might have stuck into this episode. Yes. Now, uh. Uh, this last weekend was DreamHack Arena open, uh, and it was very very awesome event. I liked watching a lot of it, but the luckiest Clover won the event. Uh, Aaron uh, Gertler. <laughs> took it down with Teamer Clover. And so since that was such a lucky and awesome win for him, we wanted to bring on the least lucky person. And the only person we could find is Brian Brandoon, who's also on that car conduit plug. How's it going, BBD? You know what? It's going great. And I have to say, I don't think I'm the least lucky person. I, I think I, I've been very fortunate in my life. So, Well, if you have friends, then you're, of course, lucky. Okay, well, I don't have any friends, but... <laughs> well, well Brad, let him rub health, it in. It's I lucky to have good health. Don't have... Well, my health is not great. Um, <laughs> hey, well, at least you got hair, buddy. <laughs> well, actually, I do have a lot. I do have a lot of body hair. So. <laughs> All right, we figured it out. Now we know why I'm so lucky. Okay, awesome. Yeah. 
only lucky people have hairy asses. Oh, hey, okay. Then you well, never have to wear pants, just like Brian Braun doing. <laughs> then, I, then I'm the luckiest man alive. So, uh, <laughs> all right. I'm glad we got that out of, out of the way. That was our topic, right? Is BBD's hair? No, 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 no. That was not our topic. Now, Aww. today we are going to be talking about the DreamHack Arena Open that we uh, kind of got into. Um, also, we're going to be talking about Pioneer Bands. It's just uh, two topics that are are pretty up in conversation as of late because of the SCG Open this past weekend. There was a, there was a dominating force in that event, which was... Pete Ingram. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes, Pete, Pete, Pete is on a tear. Yes, he, he's he is up for discussion as bannable um, <laughs> for being too powerful as of yeah, late. Yeah, 100%. We, we, also, we also had the, the third discussion topic, too. DMF. Uh, I, what What is DMF? These motherfucking nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get out, Brian. Get out right now. All righty. All right. God, where, Brad, where is our special guest screener? Okay. I mean, da we David, 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 what the hell, man? David, we are going to have to have a word with you. Yes. Watch the hell. Yeah. David, in, the hell. In, in the meeting room after this podcast. I'm sorry, David. Yeah. I, you are going to get slacked. <laughs> and by that, I mean message you on Slack. I'm going to, don't, don't worry. That's what I'll you call it, huh, Brad? I'll rehire yeah. you afterwards. This is just, to formality, do not worry. <laughs> happens all this happens all the time. So. Wait, this is just the bureaucracy of the Bash Bros podcast. Yeah, Wait, is. this is just impeachment all over again. <laughs> yeah. oh. My on. volume just will not stay. I, I think it's getting worse. Oh, now you just got louder. Nice. I know because it it won't it won't stay, and I don't know what's going on. Um, mm. I'll just I'll just not deal with it and make John deal with it. We need, we need we gotta we need, fix it. We need somebody to join our casting crew as Brad's volume control. <laughs> so so I don't I don't get what's going on. Um, whenever it doesn't happen when I stream or do want to do something else. But for whatever reason, how Audacity interacts with my my computer, if I like yell too loud, then it'll auto correct my my mm -hmm. volume and go really low. And then when I speak quieter, then it won't pick up. And so like there's been episodes where people are like, I can't hear Brad. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to make it not do that. Well, I know how, Brad. Um, how? It was it was my funny joke here, but it's been BBD's funny joke in the past. If we weren't making such gold, you wouldn't laugh loudly and then your volumes would stay normal. So we're going to we're going to stop with the jokes and then you'll stay monotone uh, for the whole time. OK, I appreciate how you turned it around to compliment yourself. That was, that uh, was not just me, not just me, Bradley. Also, Brian, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't leave my special guest out. <laughs> all right. All right. So we're going to kick off with uh, DreamHack Arena open this past weekend. Yeah, this was in Anaheim, California during uh, the DreamHack convention. First time we saw Magic Arena at one of these conventions in a, in a big stage. In now, an open format, basically. We've never seen it where just anyone can sign up before. Yeah, well, there was a little uh, issue with that. So yeah. uh, the tournament said you have to bring your own computer. And on site, there is tickets that you would buy to bring your own computer to the convention. Yeah. Those didn't apply to the tournament, but that wasn't really written well into it. So when people went to buy tickets, they thought they had to buy these bring-your-own-computer tickets that were sold out. So just people didn't show up to the tournament. <laughs> oh, like, okay, okay. There was less than 100 people that ended up playing in this, which sucks because they put a lot into it. The I thought the coverage was great. The Twitter account was great. Yeah. The player profiles looked better than anything I've seen in Magic yet. Yeah. Um, 
But just because of this little thing that magic players aren't used to, they thought like, oh, if I do this right, I have to buy my ticket for the convention and I have to buy this bring your own computer that I now can't. So I can't play in the tournament mm-hmm. um, when they could have just rolled in with their computer and it would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, is, that is unfortunate. That is highly unfortunate. Uh, just that that's just a thing that just happens anytime you try to organize a group of people for anything. And it's really unfortunate. Like, I, I honestly believe that uh, there is way too little emphasis being put on things like providing clear and concise information to people when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like, every time I try to sign up for a Grand Prix, I never know where I'm supposed to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just the process is w- is always way more confusing than it needs to be. That's actually one thing I really appreciate about, it, appreciate about uh, Star City Games is the process for signing up for a tournament with them is very simplistic and yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just that I feel like anytime there's like a magic event happening, there's always lack of clarity on some issue. Well, I, I, I really it, wish more focus was put on that. I think SCG just plain and simple just has the most organized events that I've ever been to anyways. You know, everything's just pretty well designed and well laid out. And and, and the terms go fast. Yeah. I yeah, mean, exactly. I, I I, I will hashtag add hashtag sponsored. Yeah. Say that Star City Games runs the best tournaments that I participate in from an organizational standpoint. Ooh. They, You're what? not supposed to lie after you do the hashtag ad. Oh, wait. Maybe you are, actually. You're not, <laughs> you're not supposed to lie after you do hashtag ad hashtag sponsored. Yeah, no, you can lie after that. No, I oh, think okay. you're supposed to lie because what if you, the truth isn't in the benefit of the hashtag sponsored? Yeah, okay, fair enough. That. Yeah, no, no. Once you say like I'm sponsored by this, you can lie through your teeth. Yeah, gotcha. then you're just then you're yeah. just an ad at that point. You're just you're an actor. You like, don't you don't think all those actors for rumiard arthritis all have rumiard throat arthritis or whatever, you know? Like the oh, price, they, like the ad you see during, you know, <laughs> Price is Right and stuff like that. Oh, they definitely <laughs> do because I hunt every one of those actors down. <laughs> oh, do you? Do and you make... really think people have that much difficulty washing their car with a garden hose? <laughs> I don't. I personally call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> or, or people have struggled that much with their Tupperware? <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard to carry a bowl of water from one side of the kitchen to the other. Other side, I I don't believe that. But right. how would you well, get chest water, Brad? <laughs> I I have issues carrying bowls of water, so I guess I feel alienated by this podcast. Wow my 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 volume dropped to fifty. I don't know what's going on. Now it jumped it up again. This is this is wild. Wild. Uh, it is. Um, I'm just gonna ignore it. If if I start sounding quiet, let me know. Well, I think this is a perfect time to uh, plug the Patreon. If you want us to get better sound quality, you know where to go. Head over to Bash Bros Podcast slash Patreon, and we'll get Brad a better mic. <laughs> My mic is great. <laughs> well, we'll get we'll we get a technician. Mic. We'll get a technician out to Brad's house to fix his his equipment. <laughs> <laughs> we won't do that. That that we that's won't. yeah. That we're not gonna do that. Yeah. All right, so. Um, yeah, let's talk about the tournament itself, though. So, the, the, yeah, 100 people, they had some issues getting pe- people in. Um, but, yeah, I, I have to I have to echo that the event itself, from what I saw in coverage, was really awesome. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, if, if some part of the future of Magic is tournaments like that, then it, it's in a good place, I think. So, well, oh, yeah. so I'm not going to out the name, even though this person did just talk openly about this, but this is a great story about this tournament, in my opinion. Um. Somebody on day one said, wow, this tournament's running really slowly and not that well. And, 
you know, I can't believe I'm doing this, you know, in, in the love of acquiring money at magic tournaments. Then that same player later in the tournament was so sick that they shit themselves. What? And the turn, no, this happened. And the, I'm not, I'm not making a lie. They okay. shit themselves on site and the tournament staff helped this person found them clothes. Brian, I thought you didn't like, make it to the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is okay. This is hitting a little too close to home. No, but. And, and, did, and, and, and like made their weekend. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah, pretty this, cool. This player took exactly 19th place. No, I'm kidding. I'm no. not. <laughs> this person, their name was Brian Brown doing. They finished 37th place. Oh, wow. This is the deck they were playing. It was really bad. Yeah. No. You know, honestly, one thing that I do love about seeing tournaments like this pop up is tournaments that have had just the same prize structure for the longest time ever are going to see these kind of tournaments. And if this is the future of it, it's going to force other you know, tournament organizers to raise up their stuff and just, it, it can only be good for the game if these I kind mean, of tournaments I, keep I, popping up, right? I don't know if that's true. That, yeah. that, would have to, that would have to bleed from competition. Like, these tournaments, like, in my opinion, I don't have any information, but I, I think that these tournaments are like Wizards money. Like, Wizards is promoting these tournaments as events. Like, when they announced the big esports push, they also said, we're going to put money into other events. Oh. Not just into the, the, that's what I think this is what that's from. What's the yeah. difference between the U.S. dollar and wizard money? <laughs> well, sorry. But money, money, this is promotional money that wizards is spending. Like, yeah. if DreamHack ran this tournament <laughs> to make money, they would have lost, like, Two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like, I don't know why I found that so funny. <laughs> I really want to hear the definition of the difference between wizard money and USD. <laughs> it's like I'm struggling in the USD account, but maybe I can start getting a lot of this wizard money. <laughs> that'll that'll do me a lot of good. Yeah, that sounds like something a Nigerian prince would email you about. <laughs> yeah, just like. If I am a wizard and all I need is your hundred thousand dollars and I can turn that into two hundred thousand dollars, it's now wizard money. I'm 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 at I'm at the, the drive through and they're like, all right, that's uh ten ninety seven. It's like, well, I don't have any any US dollars, but I do have two hundred wizard dollars that I'd love to purchase your uh yeah. Okay, all right, all right. But so let's go through this tournament. The tournament was Swiss until it cut to top sixteen, and then it, they did a double elimination bracket. <laughs> um, it boiled down to four players. And now, the story that was really cool about this is in the top four was the number one and two ranked players on the Mythic ladder, and the number one and two ranked players on the Elo project. Wait a minute, yeah. Crokies was playing against himself. Ooh. I don't even <laughs> It, yes, it was it was it was Crokey and his other account. <laughs> okay, um, I knew it. No, but like that was just kind of cool. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, everyone should be aware of the ladder, but the Elo project is just a privately run website that just back in the day there was a rating system based around Elo, and that was just like everyone starts at fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred, and you get certain point values for each event, and it's when you run into yourself now yep. wizards doesn't support this anymore <laughs> but somebody has kept that whole statistic thing going yeah, yeah i mean for, there was even there was even a ton of tournaments back in the day that would qualify you if you were like top 50 in your region you'd qualify for something 
But I think that was put to an end because it incentivized players to not play Magic at some point if they got yes, to a certain and, rating. And, and they finally, you know, changed that to the mythic ladder that once you get to 100 points three days, you know, 100 <laughs> rank three days until the season ends, you stop playing Magic. That's right, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But now we now they reset it every month instead of it stays the same. So people still play Magic, just not from the 29th on. <laughs> yeah, so so the, these four players uh, went went at it. It was two, if I am correct, it was um, two Jeskai Fires, an Azurus Control, and a Team or Clover, but it might have been two Blue-White. I think it was double Jeskai Fires, but... Um, I'm not I'm not sure, but I do got to say that is kind of sweet to have number one and two and and number uh, one and two. Yeah. And yeah, one and two on Elo as well. That is a cool storyline. It's like the top. So Elo is is only for paper magic. As far as I'm aware, they, they might have included a couple of arena events, but they, they, they had the mythic arenas. OK, but it's mostly a paper thing. So, uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like number one and two in paper versus number one and two online uh in in the top four of this event with that being said uh those ratings aren't a very good they they if you're doing well on those rating systems you probably do have a lot of skill and magic but they're not really a true rating of of skill so i i don't agree with that maybe for the first three people on the elo ratings but number four is definitely okay i mean you it, it is me, yeah. I mean, Maybe I'm I, five now. <laughs> I personally think like the ELO system is a very good representation of skilled players and stuff because you look at some of the greats and like, you know, their ELO ratings are only around like, you know, 70% or whatever. Um, but Arena arena 1 and 2, like that's just playing a lot and stuff too. I think that means a little less, you know, not to take away from not making it to number 1 and 2. That is a, a great wait, accomplishment. Wait, wait. I know that we're not talking about the other stuff yet because I, I got to detour us again. When you said 70%, do you, are you saying like players win 70% of the time? Yeah, yeah. Like so the right. best players win. I mean, like the best yeah, but are that, at around 69, that's not, The problem that's is not that ELO true. does not measure that that very well. So oh, really? let, let me give you an example. If I won 100% of my matches five tournaments in mm-hmm. a row and then I lost every match I played the next tournament to people who had very bad ratings... I would have a pretty bad ELO rating relative. Oh, speaking. that's true. Because it, it it doesn't just base it on your win and loss. It factors in the the caliber of players you played against. And and the high, and the more you win, the more points you lose from losing to somebody. And there's variance in magic. So like if I have a really high ELO rating and I go eleven and four at a GP, I might lose points. Whereas somebody else goes eleven and four at a GP and they gain two hundred points. Yeah. Oh, um, that's true. That's true. There, there's a yeah, like People who are doing well in these rating systems are generally very good players. So that's not like what I'm trying to say, but it's not an accurate representation. It's not like number one on the ELO rating is better than number five. Like Mm -hmm. you can't really draw those conclusions. Whereas like ELO is made for a game or it was made for chess and chess is a very significantly more deterministic game than magic where the better player pretty much always wins. Yeah. So it's, it's actually a pretty good ranking I don't even think they use it anymore for chess, but it's actually a relatively good ranking system for chess. But in Magic, yeah. it's not because there's just so much variance. Yeah, I guess the the thing you would have to do for Magic players would just be win versus loss, win divided by loss to find your to your find your actual win rate. If you just added up all your wins and all your losses, um, yeah, o- I mean, win, win rate's not really a good representation either. I, I, it's it's uh, 
It's hard to rank people in Magic. It's mythic yeah. rank. Yeah, sorry, I forgot. It's, it's, how, many, it's, it's how many die rolls you win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also on the 70% thing, no one is 70% winner, Corey. <laughs> like, I mean, there's been times that people have been. I mean, I know you have at some point, Brad. I know well, I have I'm close. Point, I'm but... close to that at Grand Prix or slash standard, but all yeah. combined, I'm like 65%. I'm looking at it right now. But like John Finkel, the you know one of the greatest of all time, is at 63% win percentage lifetime. And then even if you're like and stuff, yeah, yeah, for for pro tours and grand prix, and if yeah. and if you're and if you're like saying, well, he's no longer the goat, Paulo is. Paulo's still only sixty three point nine percent. Like, ma- good magic players don't actually win that often. Yeah, like they like just magic- they just win the ones that count. Yeah, the the they, spike the good, spike good, is true. Good players, so good players don't win that often, but. If you took a tournament and you had a bunch of 60% players and a bunch of 40% players, a 60% player is is, is going to win the tournament most of the time. So, like... No way. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, I guess that just seems kind of obvious. Well, the okay, the point I'm getting to with that is that you're going to see a top... Like, people are always like, this is a stacked top eight, etc. Yeah. And then... People see like, oh, these same players are top eighting all the time. These really good players are always making top eight. And and then and, and in people's minds, they think, okay, they probably win like 80% of the time or whatever to, to make the top eight. But that's not really how it works because it's like a rotating cast of good players making top eight a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not always the same people. And it doesn't actually take that high of a win percentage to be more likely to make the top eight than somebody with a lower one. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining it particularly well, but like if you had like like let's say you had a hundred players in a tournament who were sixty percent win rate and the other four hundred were forty percent win rate, like you're probably still gonna see a lot of those sixty percenters doing well, even though they are only twenty percent of the field. And yeah, that's only at a sixty percent win rate. So you that's, know that's so the point I'm trying to make. So here's here's a way that I'm just gonna explain like how math sometimes is stupid. Um, <laughs> love it like love and, and it. these are like kind of fake numbers but you know how like uh you know how you sit down and play 10 game sets like for like pro tour testing and stuff or that's something for those of you who don't know like a lot of times pros will just sit down for 10 games collect that data make some changes to deck sit down play 10 more games and um you know if you're 40 percent to win a matchup that still means sometimes when you play those sets you're like 10 percent to go eight and two and and so like sometimes if you just take the small sample or the hot hand that you call it yeah you'll like you'll you'll take a wrong data sample from that and i think looking at top eights is also an easy way to take a a a wrong sample size of data oh yeah yeah. and it's it's a tough thing to avoid too because i mean you play a tense you play 10 games in a row and you just get destroyed no matter what you're going to be kind of discouraging games so you kind of you know you you think that Maybe your deck isn't good or whatever. And I mean, that's, a, that's a tough thing to not realize. And some players on our team, especially, are better at that than others, you know? Some people- also, you also get the thing, too, where players like on a team will be like, I'm winning this matchup. And someone else is like, but I'm winning it from the other side. And it's like people arguing with each other and being like, and oh. S- and Seth's in the corner and be like, I haven't lost a game in days. Yeah, yeah. Seth is like, I've been winning with both sides. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you get people, like you get those arguments in teams and like sometimes it's a result of some people play decks better than others or, or things yeah. like that. But also sometimes it's just small sample size where 
one person just had a good set, one person just had a bad set, and they're drawing far too big conclusions off the small amount of data that they have. Mm-hmm. And like one person's like, oh, this matchup's so good. It's like, oh, you played 10 games. You can't know that it's so good. You know, yeah, like, yeah. And, and, and we don't get to like grab as much data as we want. I can't believe this is what we're talking about, but this is where we are. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't like, um, what was I going to say? All right. So, you know how this always happens where you're like practicing for tournament or even you're at a tournament and it's like, well, who wins the fairies soul tie delirium matchup and all the fair or the not fair spirits <laughs> and all the spirits players are like, I do. And all the soul tie players are like, I do. And, and that, that, that kind of shit happens all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but because like they might, they, they might just be the better players and they're playing online and mm-hmm. they, they, they eke it out. But what, what, that's what I love when I like find someone it's like, who's favored. And they're like, Oh, they are mm-hmm. like, th- they are by like five or 10%. And that's always the person I want to trust. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if I can't test it myself or if I just need this data, you know? So I thought, so Brad, fairies, that's- <laughs> I thought, I thought Sultai was favored against spirits at the last pro tour. So test with me. <laughs> so Brad, yeah. let me get this straight. Is this why you always play the same deck as uh Reed Duke and Logan Nettles? Because they're always like, oh yeah, we're 45% with John against everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are numbers I can rely on. Yeah. You're like, I know these people are trustworthy because John doesn't beat anybody and they're <laughs> telling me that it doesn't beat anybody, but they're still in on it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, too close to home, man. Hits it does. It does. Home. When I made a Facebook group called the BG Boys with the, <laughs> those two, it felt it felt like I locked it in for life. Yeah, you guys really like, need to start a band. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will. I will play the medium Thoughtseize deck until the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually yeah. don't even know. Like going back to the Sultai versus Spirits thing, like I thought that Sultai was favored in the matchup. But I played Sultai once in the tournament and beat it, so I have a hundred percent win rate with Spears in the matchup. I don't That's know just what. Math. Yeah, That's like what math, am I supposed yeah. to trust? My intuition or the data? It's really tough. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's let's move on. Actually, <laughs> let's get back to it. So a a wild card won the tournament um, in Teamer Clover. Now the yeah. best the the best save Martin Juza went back and saved this Twitch comment. Mm-hmm. Where it was just on day one, and somebody in Twitch chat was like, "Just think about paying this much money to play in a tournament, probably taking Friday off work, and showing up to a tournament with your computer to play Team or Clover." <laughs> <laughs> and dude just wins it all. Honest, honestly, though, Team or Clover, I I saw um um I forgot the person's name. I I know you said it earlier though, Brad. What was his Aaron name? Gert- it's, it's, Aaron Gertler. Aaron, oh, yeah. You mean Aaron Gertler, the name that is on our... Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Anyways, I saw Aaron, uh, his win percentage, like, bu- against certain decks or whatever, and he was just, like, 15-0 and 0 against Blue-White, and I think that this was such a good tournament to just metagame heavily against Blue-White, and I mean, Innkeeper and Lucky Clover are just so hard for, like, two of the biggest decks in the format to deal with. So, I mean, it, it makes sense, and I've been playing this deck since then. This deck absolutely destroys Blue-White. Oh, yeah. No, I, I actually, uh, it was sad because, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm transitioning in a bad way. I was like, it's sad because on Saturday night, I went out to eat with Brian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's not the sad part. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty mean. It was kind of sad, though. but It was sad. We did go to Chinese Buffet, and I lost the game. Oh, expensive. Oh, oh, that's too bad. 
Yeah, it was a nice one. Don't, like don't, one of those fancy ones that have crab legs. Okay. Don't okay. let Brad get your pity for that. I then I've lost every game since then <laughs> and every game preceding that point. So Yeah, I think there was a point where Brad lo- or where BBD lost 11 coin flips with Brad for like every movie oh, they went they to for a coin like- flip. <laughs> oh, the they weren't he was 33%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so brad i don't feel too bad for you on that sorry but i love you but oh it is all right but no so um i i actually would like played against timber clover a couple times online but uh my opponents weren't like i could tell they weren't that skilled and i beat them but i felt that they made some mistakes and i should have lost okay. so i was like you know what i have to start playing this deck and then i just like sliced through now i haven't played i bled all the way down to bronze um, yep. And I and I used Jeskai Fires to get myself to somewhere in gold. And then I found myself in the middle of Diamond without losing a match with Teamer. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, I was really impressed. And But a, around in between this time, when we went out to eat, I was like, yeah, I'm starting to play this Teamer Clover deck, and I think it's really good. And, and, and Brian's like, oh, you mean like the deck that's at this tournament and like this person's crushing with it? And I was like, I am not aware. And then I like looked into it and saw that like, this deck was getting popular and now it won, so now it's like really hyped. Yeah. So I'm I'm sad that we don't get to to secret in on this uh metagame challenge, but mm. I still think the deck is powerful enough to power through this. Yeah. As long as that like team of reclamation, because I think that's the bad matchup. That 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 has to start getting played heavily, but I think that deck is just so much dog shit against everything else. Yeah, I think Teamer Rec and Red were like kind of the rough matchups a little bit. Like just getting Embercleave can still be a bit of a problem, it seems. But those decks were just not hyped after Worlds. You know, I mean, Mono Red is still a little hyped, but, you know, Teamer Rec got got hated on so much after Worlds just because it did so poorly. I think Red and Teamer are really close. I don't know which way I'd go with the matchup, but I've been like feeling pretty good about it. Like Red and Teamer uh, against Red with uh, Teamer Clover. Clover. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've been doing well with that. I would be more afraid to play against fires just because like they can just kind of do their thing. Sure. Sure. Um, but I mean, the one sick thing is if you like, I, I did this, I did this for my dropping bombs here. No problem. A quick, quick plug. Here. Hashtag sponsored. Hashtag. Uh, Check it over at StarCityGames.com. I played it through a couple matches. And I mean, there was just a point where I had like Clover. They went, you know, fires into Sphinx. Like I dealt with that. And then I just went granted and, you know, had the copy. And I went and got that one mana destroy target enchantment and then got a disdainful stroke. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're so dead now, you know? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Wait, um, there's a one it, mana card that destroys an enchantment? Well, it, it puts no, it at it the bottom. It. Sorry, okay, Ryan. There we go. There <laughs> it is. I'm surprised you even knew. I didn't know you were still playing Magic. <laughs> oh, I'm not. But I did But you're somehow, watching coverage. <laughs> I did somehow know that. that yeah, I, I did watch a little bit of coverage. I, did, I didn't know that card existed. I mean, that's Couldn't the have po- you, you, we were past the uh, statute of limitations on your hashtag sponsored for you to still lie to the audience. So. Oh, was I, <laughs> do I need to wait for like another minute? Is it two minutes or I don't know the rules. So. Yeah, I, I don't know the rules either, but you know, yeah, okay. the FCC okay. is pretty good. I will say one of the rules so. is staying on task at this point because we've derailed way too much on this episode already. Well, that's your um, job, Bradley. But, and that's why I'm going back. So the thing <laughs> about Granted and Lucky Clover is one tutor sometimes won't be enough to swing a matchup, but some combination of the cards, like every time I feel like I get two cards, I just get to sculpt the game plan. It's not just one reactionary card. Oh yeah. It's like against red, for example, I'm like, I'm in a bad spot, but I get, I have exactly nine mana 
So I granted for the equipment, the Shadow Spear and the Domery's Ambush, and now all of a sudden I gain 12 life. Yeah, and I think another thing about this deck is the Escape the Wilds in this deck. In, in a normal deck, um, just like a Gruel Beatdown or something, that card is pretty bad because you usually get like one card you can't cast. But with this deck, like you have all the split card action where you might be able to cast your Love Struck Beasts and your uh, Bone Crushers, but then you just don't have enough mana to cast your third adventure creature, but you do have enough to just adventure it. And then you can cast it later from the adventure. So that yeah, flexibility is insane. Everything in this deck, except for other um, copies of Escape, the, Escape to the Wilds, has a cheap mode. You, you know, it's either a cheap card on its own or a mode that's very cheap. Like every yeah. card... Um, Every card effectively costs two mana or less because even a Beanstalk Giant is going to create a land. Yep. So it's really easy to cycle through all of five of those cards. Yeah. Um, let me let me ask a question. Um, so outside of a few sideboard cards, this is basically the same deck that existed months ago in a previous format. Like, why is it good now when it wasn't good before? I have an answer for that that you can find <laughs> on Star City Games right now. Chill it! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Um, no. So so uh, we t we oh, talked I about this a little bit this weekend. Um, when the deck came out, clearly it's just an adventure strategy. Almost. I mean, it's literally a block constructed deck with dual lands. Yep. And um, but that was back when Field of the Dead Golos decks were around. They banned that. Then Oko showed up and. Guess what? A two mana artifact is still not safe against Oko. And then even when they banned that, just Simic Ramp was like the only thing people playing before the new set. And I do not imagine that this deck has a good Simic Ramp matchup. Yeah, I can, no, I it can does. actually. It does actually. I don't know if that is. I don't know if that's true. Like I, I played a little bit with uh, with Clover before, and I was struggling with Ramp decks. But yeah, it seems like Nissa is just a pretty solid card against us. I don't know about uh, Nissa, but a lot of the other over-the-top cards were, were were difficult to beat. But. Yeah. So here's a fun card. It's not in his list. I don't know if it belongs there, but I added one to try it, and I like it. I just have a mass manipulation in the sideboard. Ooh, that's good. I never um, liked the Once of Future. That was the only card I didn't like in testing. Uh, I, that card is good. You um, think so? I just yes. I just always found like I got Escape the Wild when I wanted a value card, but maybe I was doing it wrong. Sometimes you just get both, <laughs> and yeah. you're just like you're gonna value out. <laughs> yeah, it's good um, luck. I just drew fucking yeah, eleven the, cards. Yeah, the thing here. about <laughs> Once in Future compared to Escape the Wilds is that it's it's kind of deterministic. Um, yeah, and there, there's 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 value in getting a card that you know what you're getting from it. Like yeah. there were times where um watching coverage where Aaron was was getting once in future a lot of times in spots. I, I probably would not have gotten the card just in like based on my, you know, noob understanding of the deck. Mm -hmm. And he would get the card and then he would he would play it and it's just like, okay, like he has the option to get specifically these two cards that deal with this specific situation that he's in. So mm -hmm. th th there's a lot of value in having access to that, I, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's fair. But yeah. So, so I had that for ramp decks. But what, what, I, here's my theory <clears throat> is this deck popped up two days before the Mythic Championship seven decks were due. Yeah. I remember because like the last day I played it a little bit and I'm like, is this real or not? Is this something we should worry about? Cause we're going to, we're about to lock in blue green flash and the, a team or clover deck just popped up and i'm like fuck man like if this is real we are in trouble right and because <clears throat> oh, yeah. you don't want to play flash deck against cards like clover and and edgewall innkeeper oh they're yeah. the worst cards and already you know i thought that that 
black green adventure would be one like lower played but still a deck and if some people showed up with that and this team showed up with team or clover it was game over Mm. um the you know so i was scared of this deck but i remember then, it was like really late though like it, it felt like if people were going to pick that up it was going to be such little testing time with it so i, I figured you were safe but well yeah. well the problem with the safe thing is where did the deck show up so here's here's like a, a metagame thinking thing sure so i saw the deck on tuesday morning decks were due wednesday night mm-hmm is the reason that i'm seeing it now because somebody in the tournament built it and is now testing it and it's leaking yeah or is did they finally start testing because they know they didn't have enough time or yeah like like the origin of the deck was important because yeah. it could have just been like some players being like should we play this deck let's just ladder with it and how how information goes like i mean i go back to an old deck if you all remember that four color command the dreadhorde deck yeah, that was pretty early um, on. I remember, sweet. like, I went to bed at midnight, and Strosky was starting his stream, and he was playing it. And I went to bed and woke up and started playing Arena the next morning, and it was 50% of my opponents. <laughs> that was 10. Yeah. You know, it changed the metagame. Not 50, but, like, a lot. Like, at least 25%. Yeah. And so, like, the metagame goes from 0% of a deck to 25% in my my view. And, and that's just, like, wild to me. So who knows where this deck came from? But anyway... Then we all registered for that tournament. Decklist came out. It wasn't a part of that. We had like the Simic Flash deck that was a little flashy. A few other people brought like Blue Eye Control and some flashy decks. And then everyone dropped the format that from the competitive standpoint, there was no big tournaments in the format for a while. And because that was already after the last Invitational. Mm-hmm. And so this deck never really got a chance to fester in a competitive environment. People would play it on the ladder, but like at the time, no one, no one was paying too much attention to the ladder from a content perspective. So even, so Aaron was in there grinding this deck, staying on top of the ladder. I read all of his Reddit posts in the last couple of days um, because he posted a bunch of stuff on Reddit. He made articles. He was still like on high ladder for all of these seasons, um, but it just didn't get to all of us um, because there wasn't a tournament to promote it. Um, so then it makes a whole lot of sense that I think this deck has just been good since the end of December. Yeah. I mean, I have played it from time to time on the ladder, but you know, just maybe the decks weren't tuned or whatever. I was playing good matchups for it. Like I never really had a big problem with it, but it always looked like it was close to just being like insane. And I mean, Innkeeper and Clover are two insanely powerful cards that just don't have a very good home right now. Uh, you know, green, black adventures is not very good just because so many decks go over the top of it right now, that small value is not great. But paired with Lucky Clover, Lucky Clover is is just insane. I also yeah. think that the format before was um, better at grinding than this format is. And mm-hmm. Teamer Clover is a deck that is like all about outgrinding your opponent. Like you're not really beating somebody down with this deck. It takes, a, it takes forever to kill somebody with it. You're just generating advantage every turn and eventually burying them with it Mm. uh the the problem with that is that when other decks can play the same game plan at or better than what you can do um you don't really have a good deck so uh back back when like people were playing food decks and stuff that i think are favored against this deck i mean granted that's with very little um just i i played some against Lucky Clover, when I was playing food, for, also for Mythic Championship 7, I, I played that matchup a number of times, and I felt like the food deck was favored, but 
Um, maybe, maybe it was, you know, small sample sizes again, skewed testing. So maybe I'm wrong about that, but it, it just felt like other decks that were also able to grind at the same level were kind of outclassing it. And now that those decks have kind of fallen out of favor, um, well, this can yeah. be a pr- the premier grinding deck. So I mean, plain mm-hmm. and simple mayhem, uh, devil up against innkeeper was always a very scary thing. And that was the whole reason that green black adventures declined in the first place is those foods decks just destroyed them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I completely agree with that. But another one is like Elspeth Conquers Death is so big. I think that's a real big thing where this deck kind of goes underneath that kind of effect and that's like taking over the metagame. Yeah, yeah. like the um, only time they play the, the one target for it is Beanstalk. And that's like, you never play that until you're like really set up to fling, you know? I mean, I mean it, yeah, it hits that and it hits all the other adventure creatures. Yeah, yeah. It, hits, um, it hits Giant and it hits, uh, it doesn't hit the Fey, which is big, but it does hit yeah. Giant and it hits uh, Raisin Borrower too, so. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the coverage of the event was awesome. It was really cool. Aaron, uh, I watched some of his tweets, uh, to or his uh, Twitch streams. I never really knew who Aaron was before that, but like, I'm kind of becoming a fan. Like, I, I before this weekend, complete nobody to me i maybe should have known his name but i didn't and now i've like probably watched like five or six hours of his content he seems like a really nice dude i was talking to him because i was asking for help because i wrote my article and um watched his stream and i liked the way that he was playing the way he was explaining things um he gave half of his money away to charity really yeah Yeah, he he gave half half of his money and uh real quick i I don't want to botch this I'll, i'll plug it for a second because Anyone that's going to do something like that, it's it's oh. it's so cool. So um, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it, it it was really cool. So mm-hmm. the charity is uh, is the Give Well, um, Give Well um, organization, and what they do, and he's he's a total math bro because what they do is they literally just research where the most equity of the dollar goes. So okay. it's like. Like where you know when you give money, there's a lot of organizations that bleed a lot of that for their infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. This 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 give well is an organization that looks into charities to find who uses the most of the money they're given. Okay, to help people. So it's kind of like a middleman. Uh, well, you can look through their website to find specific charities that you oh, okay. would want to give to, or you can just give your money to them and let them do with it as they please. Oh, that's really you, cool. You you can do either or, but you can research on their website and they have data on on certain organizations. Well, big props to you, Aaron. That is awesome. That is uh, definitely admirable. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll see where Tumor goes. I still might play it for the metagame challenge this weekend, but I won't get to play test until I get to play test Wednesday, Thursday and Friday night. So anything could change, but probably not. I'll only get like five hours of testing each night. That's going to make make me a little underprepared for the weekend, but We'll see how that goes. Um, but we, I want to touch on uh, a second topic before the episode's done today. We've already, like, kind of dirtled enough as is. Whoa, um, us? Dirtling? Yeah, okay. we, we we would never. Um, <laughs> I just want to touch on Pioneer a little. We've uh, ignored it on the on the podcast mm-hmm. for a few weeks, but it's also a format that we kind of have now played and seen and, 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 and got more into. Like, for a while there, I'd never touched it, so I had no clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um. But lately online, there's been a lot of talk about bans, and I've been seeing a lot of it from Todd Anderson himself. Um, yeah, yeah, Todd's he, been he really loves pushing the ban talk. 
really pushing yeah. the banning of of uh, inverter the inverter duck. And mm-hmm. I think oh, also I thought he the- wanted I thought he wanted mono red and and Nikto strategies banned. Oh, okay. No, no, those are the next he plays. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have I have opinions on on Pioneer bands, but I, I I guess I wouldn't say I feel that strongly about them. Um, like yeah. I, I I think that the Demir Inverter deck is going to eventually get some card banned from it. I, I would I would think Dig Through Time. As being like the the first pick, yeah. Uh, but I don't see like the need to rush into it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, I think there's time to adjust to it. So I don't know if it's that easy to adjust to the inverter deck. People have had a lot of time and it's still doing really well. Not yeah. to say that you know, oh, you can't beat inverter or whatever. I, I think you you definitely can. But yeah, to me, the deck is is at is operating at a power level higher than pioneer and the reason for that is is that dig through time is banned in every other format and that yeah. card is legal here and that's kind of the, the the thing that gives it the duck its power um but with that being said i i think that dig through time is a fun card to play with it's mm-hmm. not legal anywhere else um i i think letting people have fun playing these kinds of decks for a while is is fine give people time a little bit more time to uh try to beat the deck if they can yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just I don't see a reason to rush into it, but at the same time, if they did ban something from it, like I, I think it's an inevitability. I just don't know when it will happen. So. Yep. And I mean, for instance, like I definitely I played Breach this last weekend at the SCG. Didn't do great. Um, you know, I I didn't lose to Inverter once. I played it like five or six times, and I find that matchup pretty easy. But you know, I just found the combo itself. You know, I would. It's insanely complicated for. Uh, the amount of power, I think. Like, I think Inverter is a better deck just because the combo is a little bit more straightforward. There's some very powerful cards and stuff like that. But I do think it had a good match against Inverter, and I do think there's other decks that feel the same. But the one thing about Inverter last weekend at Indy is just all the best players on the SCG Tour played it, you know, so that is going to inflate the results as well. Um, I don't, you know, that's not saying that the deck is not too good or anything but you are going to see that as a small factor so i have i have two things uh about this that are going to kind of contradict or at least argue against both of what you guys are saying um the wait and see um model on this card is a little frustrating for the sense that the players tour finals is in two months and if they that they don't they shouldn't ban this card at X window before that event. I don't know what that window is, but the closer we get to that event, the harder it is that I want to see it banned. Yep. Um, but the the second thing that uh that uh if I got to pick a card to ban, it would a hundred percent be Thassa's Oracle. And the reason for that is this card is clearly just not doing what the card was intended to do you know as like a in a design space so it's and, not scrying to or it's not hmm. scrying x where x is equal to the blue devotion no it's have. doing what it, the text says okay all right but, but <laughs> it is being slotted into an array of different strategies as the win condition like i'm seeing it in ad nauseum builds and i'm seeing it um just in you know a bunch of different strategies. A one yeah. of kill condition and a breach. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the breach wind condition. It's the ad nauseum wind condition in modern. It's yeah. you know, it's this Demir inverter decks wind condition. And the you know, like usually I'm all like usually there's a powerful spell that gets banned because it's doing something great, but then the there's something else that causes another powerful spell to get banned. Um, a good example of this would be every single card Primeval Titan has got banned from Modern. <laughs> every single one. Yeah, Urza's and had its fair share of uh, Midas touching as well. Which, which which cards has Primeval Titan gotten banned from Modern? Um, it has it, it preemptively got uh, Green Sun Zenith banned. Sure, I guess it got. Um, I, I it got. I think Green Sun would have been banned anyway. I guess. It got I guess the it got, Amulet card. Yeah, I got Summer Bloom banned. Yeah, yeah. That card yeah. might have been too good anyway, though. But yeah, I, I see. I understand the point you're making. Um, I and, mean, and like I said, Dig Through Time is a very fun card. And the thing is, is you might ban that card, but then somebody will perfect a different combo with this card. Yeah, I mean, how hard is it to throw Tassiger and Stubborn Denial or something like that in Inverter? You know, well, like some delve mechanic that can also be good in the deck. You know, like I, I don't think taking out Dig is going to kill that deck. No, well, and, but and it, I'll, it I'll, might I'll, neuter I'll, it to a pioneer power level. That's that's the point. Like that's, that's the point. Uh, but the the last thing I'll say about this, and somebody else can take the reins, is that Thassa's Oracle will always be a combo finisher because milling yourself is not that hard to do when that's your goal. Yeah, I agree with you on that, and I I feel the same with Breach too. Like that card is going to cause problems in so many formats until the day it's taken out. I mean, that deck is getting slaughtered right now because it is yeah. a combo deck. But I'm and not even so, saying that. Like, there's a modern Breach deck that's just popping up now with, like, Grinding Station and stuff, and it has, oh, like, very yeah, consistent... Oh, yeah, top three. Is it actually good? Yeah, yeah it, it seems insane. I'm actually pretty sure that the Legacy Breach deck, though, is just downright dirty. Like, yeah. I, I, Aren't I, I, they I saying think, that people are, like, 85% win percentage with it? Yeah, I, I think that uh, actually Breach is... one. Well, Breach is definitely one of those cards where, like, the further back you scale the format, the more powerful it gets. Yeah. Um, but same with I, same with Narset too, you know. Yeah, I think Narset's for well, a slightly different reason in that people in, in that like the older the formats, the less powerful creatures are, and creatures are the general way in which you pressure a planeswalker. And the more degenerate card draw spells like recall and stuff that it just shuts down, you know? That too, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, with with uh, Breach, though, yeah, like some of the Legacy decks kind of made me want to play some Legacy, even though it would just be a waste of time for me. But yeah, <laughs> it, they, they look pretty sweet, and, and yeah. they're probably busted. Well, um, I mean, who would have guessed that Recurable <laughs> Yogg's Will would have been too good? No, 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 Brad. Recurable, cheaper Yogg's Will. Yeah. Like, like, who thought that card was a good idea? That is absolutely insane. I, I actually... Don't have a problem with them printing that card. I don't know. I I, I have a different opinion on it. Where, yeah. uh, well, from what I understand, they they print cards for sta- the sake of standard mostly. Um, and and I think breach is fine in standard. But like, yeah, I, I also think that these kinds of cards they should just print them. And like, I, I'd rather err on the side of occasional breaches uh, than never getting like a past in flames. You know, like they they've printed other versions of this card. Like Past in Flames is also Yagmas Will with flashback, but that card has not broken formats. Oh, oh. So like I, I, I don't I, I, I kind of 
like people I, I i actually kind of hate when people are like i can't believe they printed this card it's like yeah but you could have said the same thing about these other cards that actually ended up turning up fine if they had just not turned up fine instead it's i don't know oh i i completely agree with you i was just being what's the word facetious yeah i understand um, i'm not trying and, to and, throw you guys oh yeah no i completely whatever. agree they they should push the envelope and just ban things like it's it's either that or we just play a very boring game over and over again, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the the other end of the giant. <laughs> yeah, the other end of the spectrum is like, oh man, I have two <laughs> two threes on my side of the battlefield. My opponent has a four five. What is supposed to happen? Like, yeah, yeah. And know, they like, banned and giant growth was deemed to be too powerful. So how am I going to get through? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like we're back from commercial from the twenty two thousand twenty. Legacy World Championships. Mm-hmm. It's about to be Kai Bude's turn six. What does he have? A sixth mountain and Shivan Dragon. Yeah. Oh, Shivan Dragon. I thought Doomblade was banned. How does that get in there to kill that Shivan Dragon? Yeah. No, Doomblade was just eroded and it now only kills red creatures. Sorry. Yeah. I, mean, I, I appreciate the absurdity. Like when yeah. I said, like, you know, who thought that would have been good? It's more like, I look at these decks and it's like, oh, so now we can just, we can just, uh, what's, what's the brainstorm card? The brain freeze. We can just brain freeze our opponents out on turn two. Oh, that's, that's what they're doing in legacy. Okay. Have fun kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even, even, I mean, my next event is modern in not, not this weekend, but next weekend. And you, you best believe I'm trying this Urza grinding station. Uh, underworld breach abomination that uh, just looks to be insanely powerful. It's also really fun to do the back in my day because like back in my day, turn two was when you wasteland and dazed your opponent. And that <laughs> yeah, was a good yeah. turn two. <laughs> what are you talking about, Brad? Back in our day, when we started playing magic, we played a well-wisher and we set up to gain some I mean, damn legacy, legacy. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Back on turn two, I put a, played a one two for two with no abilities. Like, <laughs> okay, BBD, liter- you did that a couple years ago. So. Okay. <laughs> Literally, back in my day, at my first sale tournament, I opened. It was onslaught block, and I opened two exalted angels. <laughs> and somebody else had to tell me to play them because I also opened two well wishers. <laughs> and you and, didn't want to be green white huh and well i didn't even think of the concept that a four or five flying angel was better than a, a well-wisher that doesn't have to go to combat to gain me life yeah yeah <laughs> what are you talking about they can block this can't block a well-wisher see yeah. for me the 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 two mana one two was actually uh like when i first my, my very first tournament my first rare was a seven mana one two so a seven mana one two you say i don't even know what that is it, it's, it's this is a horrible analogy because it's, it was sengir nosferatu it's five mana to cast but you could pay another two mana to turn it into a bat so wow <laughs> turn Get it into out, a one two bat Get yeah out, Brian. Uh, if you told me what set it was i probably could have gotten to that time spiral <laughs> No, but like, no, oh, yeah. no, it's time spiral now. Okay. You got to tell him if now. you give me a hint, yeah, I could yeah. have probably gotten to that. Like, I, immediately I was thinking Triskelion, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was a 1-1. One, one. Sanger Nosferatu just sounds like an anime or something. Sanger Nosferatu? Yeah, isn't that what the card was called? Mm-hmm. But Sanger yeah. Vampire Nosferatu is a literal vampire name. 
Oh, well. His name is just Vampire Vampire. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is vampire Vampire. A revolutionary anime. My bad. Yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> the name of an anime, Vampire Vampire. So, a pioneer. Yeah, a pioneer one. <laughs> I was just very upset that in Ixalan there wasn't a Velociraptor T-Rex. Just dinosaur, dinosaur. Nice. Yeah, they missed out on that one. <laughs> um, but no, so, I mean, um, the other side of this, though, moving back to the banning thing, is I'm actually under the impression that before I would like to see another ban, I want some things unbanned. Because um, during my testing for uh, PT Phoenix, yeah. I never lost a game with Soul Tie Delirium to either Mono Red Aggro or Mono Black Aggro. Not a game. And I'm talking the sample size was up in the 20s or 30 games. Yeah. Um, and that's counting. I'm on the draw. I don't know what my opponent is playing. I don't keep a good hand in the matchup. And I still annihilate them. Yeah. And and then at the tournament, you know, I kept saying that to people. And I, I was pretty... Uh, I was pretty sure that I was going to lose one of those matches due to karma at the event itself. Nope. I played against both of them. Even in the last round, I played against mono black, mauled the five and mauled the six and just annihilated my opponent. Yeah. Well, I mean, Uro um, is a hell of a magic card. Exactly. And so like, you know, now there's these soul tied, soul tied delirium strategies that are so powerful. And it's like, can, you can have copter back, man. Like we can, we can give them copter back. Like that was a, that was an aggressive ban. Oh um, no. Copter would be way too good. Do you think so? Yeah, man, you can use your copter, you crew it with Inverter of Truth. Oh, my that God. That allows you to discard a card uh, to, set, to set No, up. no, BBD. You crew it with your Seder Wayfinder that you just played in your Breach deck. You get an extra card into the yard, combo off post-combat. Oh, my goodness. That is that is a little too powerful. You're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, I'm going to actually say you Inverter, <laughs> but you have four cards in your graveyard, and they're like, I'm safe from Jace, and you're like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have this copter. <laughs> Didn't need an opter or anything. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, but like, I think some cards should come off the ban list. And now, truth be told, I don't know the exact ban list um, off the top of my head. And I don't know what I would pick or what I wouldn't pick. But like, these aggressive decks, like, if you ban the combo decks from the format, then these mid range decks, and then it just becomes mid range and ramp decks. Yeah. Um, and like, the control decks can't compete. And the aggressive decks can't compete. So I don't actually like making a combo ban right now until the aggressive decks have high, better legs. Also, combo decks are, I don't think I would have held this opinion years ago, but I think combo decks are actually like great for a format. Um, as yes. long as they're not oppressive, they really mm -hmm. put a check, like exactly what you were saying. They put a check on, on like, the just the absurdity that becomes the mid range, like out mid ranging your mid range opponent, like yeah. I don't know arms race that that results yeah. in that where it's like oh I'm now playing absurd five drop so I can beat my opponent in the mid range mirror and then you play against your opponent in the mid range mirror but they're playing absurd six drop to beat <laughs> your absurd five drop. Yeah. And then you absurdly drop from the tournament or whatever. I, I don't know. It's just it, it that kind of magic is there's fun there's fun in it, but it shouldn't be the only option you have in a format. And and combo decks yeah. make sure that people have to build balanced strategies because they have to respect them. So yeah, I think and, like some of the healthiest formats are are some when you can have like 
you know, four really good decks with one of them being combo, like combo, aggro, mid-range, you know, and control. I know control has not been great, but when you can kind of get all those pillars, then it's really fun. But usually it boils down to like three decks, I feel kind of a, a rock, paper, scissors. This is a this is a really like semi unrelated hot take. But I think I think formats could exist without ramp and be totally fine. I think ramp yeah. is just the what? least fun archetype ramp what is. no i i don't know what i do in a standard format that didn't have 14 different varieties of ramp spells <laughs> cbd i think you've just been wronged by nissa too much in the last year and a half and oh <laughs> it, it started way before nissa i was oh, yeah. i was wronged by elvish mystic way think, too many times i think i think the day that broke brian Brondoin is when he got convinced to play green red ramp at pro tour vancouver Knew he wouldn't do well, didn't do well, but also lost to mirror matches because they drew Elvish a mystic and he did not. Oh. And I feel like that's the uh, day I saw Brian. There break. was that you're you're almost correct. At one in four, I was playing as Javier Dominguez. Yeah. Uh this was before he won every tournament. Um yeah. we were both one in four. I cast a Genesis Hydra for eight. And I put a Sylvan Karyatid in play and then lost. <laughs> so that was the moment that's not that what broke that card me. does, huh? What was I'm that? That's, I'm guessing that's not the ideal thing of what that card did, huh? No, no. <laughs> it, you looked at it, you, you cast it for X, and you flipped over the top X cards of your library, and you got to put one into play. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's usually at that point the sweet spot to a Tarka there. Xenagos and mana creatures, and then you win the game. Yeah, yeah that there, seems there's, better. There's a variety of planeswalkers or giant creatures or even Corsair of Crufix that I could have hit, but well, instead it was... Yeah. Well, BBD, here I got a, I got a, a real question for you. Did you consider taking one of the better cards out of those eight? I took the best card of the eight. Oh, you did? Okay, yes, okay, I did. Okay, Actually, right. it, might have been, it might be the best card out of the eight but not in the context of the game so okay okay all right glad we cleared that up wow this is great so brian and i well all three of us have a friend uh eric and while we're doing this he just sent a facebook message with the modern grind grinding station deck and he's like how does this win That is the most Eric thing possible. Yeah, I Corey, <laughs> Corey, you don't know how it wins either, do you? No. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, <all right. laughs> okay, I mean, test me here. So, Grinding Station says uh, destroy an artifact, mill three, right? Destroy an artifact, mill Or no, sacrifice sac- an artifact, mill three, if you play an artifact, untap it? It's creature, yes. right? Isn't it creature? No, it's artifact, isn't it? Is, which one's the creature one? Is Grinding Station not the creature one? No. Uh, it's... Grinding Station is the artifact. So, I mean, you just play Mox Opal, like, X, escape it to bring it back. Uh, I'm going to read this yeah, because right. we're on a podcast. Yeah. I'm going to read this. Okay. Grinding Station 2 call is sacrifice an artifact. Tap, sacrifice an artifact. Target player puts the top three cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Whenever an artifact comes into play, untap it. So, the idea is you get that and you get World <laughs> Underworld Breach. You mill an artifact. You just... You just like sack an artifact, mill yourself three, put that artifact back into play, do that until you find your oracle and cast oracle. Yeah, yeah. So and you get you get two mox ambers going, and then they legend rule each other, and then you're 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 just milling your deck infinite, and then eventually play. What oracle. do you mean? Why why would you use two mox ambers? It doesn't matter. It just well, you need the mana to then cast Thassa's oracle. Yeah, when they get. Yeah. Oh, you need the mox amber as mana. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. exactly. Yeah, so cl- to clearly. Uh, explain the combo. You cast Underworld Breach, 
that gives every card in your graveyard flashback um or the ability to be cast escape. again uh yeah escape escape, escape yeah. three equal to its mana cost use grinding station you sacrifice your mox amber mills you three cards you use those three cards to then cast the mox amber that untaps the grinding station mox mm-hmm. amber makes a mana as long as you have a legend in play of which you have teferi emery um to provide to be legends yeah and you emery s- bringing back value artifacts is also insane Yep, you sacrifice the Mox Amber to the grinding station, mill three, remove those three cards to cast it again, untap the grinding station, you repeat this loop ad nauseum until you cast that. Wait, is this what? <laughs> no, this is a this is a just guy artifact deck. Oh, but it wins the same way that ad nauseum does. But yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you you repeat the combo until you have no cards in your library, cast Thassa's Oracle, and then you win. So Yeah, and a, and a, it's a deck that can like very easily combo off on turn three. Like all you gotta do is just Grinding station on two, breach on three, and just you know ha- get a little get some good. It doesn't flips. seem that consistent though. It doesn't seem as consistent. So I mean, you know, I'm I, I'm definitely gonna consider just playing a more controlling Urza list that's gonna have a good amulet deck. Like I mean, amulet can still probably beat that, but this deck can probably goldfish a little quicker now that all these amulet decks are starting to you know, go away from the sun home double strike where you can attack right away type of build and go towards the setup to like just lock you out of the game. But you know, that's not this, as effective against that kind of combo. Yeah, why, well, this like, this deck are, actually looks incredibly powerful to me. Also, oh, it's definitely well, powerful. Yeah. also like it, you have to fairy time raveler to protect your combo. You have engineered explosives to deal with uh rest in peace or other hate permanence. Um, that also serves as a zero mana artifact to 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 generate your combo. I don't know this yeah. deck. This deck seems kind of insane. Oh, the, I, I the, bet it is. The other cool thing about the combo too that I didn't mention is you don't have to have the Mox Amber to start the combo. You can start it with Engineered Explosives X equals zero or Mishra's Bobble, and then if you happen to mill over a Mox Amber along the way, you can use that to uh to then to then go off. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you have a few extra cards in your graveyard, um, you can start with any artifact and, and then find your ambers. Yeah, you don't even need to. You don't even need anything to start with. You just need a grinding station and a zero. So that's yeah. how that's how Brad met his fiance. He was just like milling his deck over, and all of a sudden he found an amber. <laughs> I did found an amber. Um, so um, legendary. Just, uh, yeah. But like, oh, this she is, is a, a legend. Key, yeah, this is just a key example. Of why you know Thassa's Oracle is stupid, and 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 I and I understand that that's my opinion. No, I and think other it's people valid. Have other I think it's valid, yeah. But but that's just my opinion of it because it's just find every way you can mill yourself, and then Thassa's Oracle can be your win condition. Yeah, and I mean there can be an argument made that Breach is absolutely stupid, and it and it enables these kind of degenerate combos as well. But yeah, you you need them both essentially. Like they're gonna be good friends for the next you know. However long until they get back. Well, the debate. But there's like, even the, like spoils uh, of the vault shenanigans with Thassa's Oracle. Spoils, Angel's Grace. Yeah, uh, that it's replacing Ad Nauseam at this point, right? Like yeah. you just yeah. spoil for Thassa's Oracle in Ad Nauseam now. The the real key about it is that like th- this effect ex- has existed before. Like there's Jace and there's Laboratory Maniac, but those both required you to draw a card on an empty library. Yeah, and the the extra text of drawing a card. Plus how the plus those cards costing extra mana, which is not irrelevant, just made you do one extra step 
It's like, okay, nope. you, I milled myself out and I got my lab maniac in play. Now I have to pass the turn because I can't draw a card. My opponent can then has a turn to kill my thing, you know, or I can do or my just, whole, whole thing, but I don't have the four mana, three of which is blue to cast the Jace. Um, uh, is I don't know, like those are actual restrictions, and Oracle just costs one less mana and and does it easier. So I feel like Jace isn't that big of a restriction because it does draw it to, draw a card itself, like Manic Library, Manic whatever. You you do need help from something else. Like I think that one is completely fine, but even Jace I think is a little is a little iffy, like. Since you can just activate it and win on the turn you do it. Well, whatever. Is this deck better or worse if your win condition is Jace or Thassa's Oracle? Uh, I mean, Thassa's Oracle because it's cheaper. Yeah, I, I bet it actually doesn't matter. Um, mm. But it does against, like, removal because this beats removal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I... So maybe there's decks with that, but whatever. I don't care anymore. Thassa's Oracle's stupid. Yep. Um, yep. If you can take one thing away from this podcast, it's BBD is lucky. Or BBD is very unlucky, and Thassa's Oracle is stupid. I mean, I mean, to I, be I fair, I think Thassa's Oracle is a dumb card. I don't know that it needs to be immediately banned because it's no. Stupid, I mean, I, I'm saying this, but there's a good chance that I play a, a deck with it at both. You know, like both the big tournaments coming up. Well, I mean, playing a card in your deck and thinking it's banned. I mean, that's just good logic. So thinking it should yeah. be banned. That's. Yeah. You should be doing that if you believe the card should be banned. It, it should be in your deck. Um, so. Brian, let's rewind to Barcelona. Did you play the Hogak ban strategy? Uh, well, you both had a ban card in your deck. Yeah, so I had I had a ban card in my deck, Corey. Did you? Which one was it? Mox Opal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, right. That's right. And to be fair, with my just absurd love for Urza, I kind of wish I joined you on it at that point because I do love that deck so very much. I did love Hogak as well. Yeah, Urza, Urza, right. Urza was sweet. Yeah. Is sweet. All right, now we're just in the weeds, just talking about random stuff. So I think that's going to conclude this week's episode of the Bash Bros Podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, but again, before we go, we got a few uh, things to talk about. Again, thanks uh, so much to our wonderful sponsor of this episode, Car Conduit. If you're looking to sell your cards and don't want to deal with the hassle, uh, head over to carconduit.com. Uh, and we also have to thank our cast and crew before this episode is, this episode is over. And now our cast and crew are our wonderful premium Patreon subscribers, the people that are helping keep the boat afloat. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you would like to support our podcast, you can do so at Bash Bros. Sorry, patreon.com slash Bash Bros podcast. Uh, but how we end every show, if you are unaware, is we go through our cast and crew and uh, we give all of our biggest supporters wacky uh, jobs. Well, they're well, not wacky. They're actually me. their jobs. They're, yeah. they're, 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 they're their actual jobs. Yeah, let's not pretend that yeah. this isn't real. So. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Yeah. They're and important so, things. So. Without further ado, Brian, would you like to kick off our cast and crew? All right. The first member of our cast and crew is EJ Wren, Corey's down player. Uh, actually, I, I think Corey's been... Uh, Right, rightfully downplayed lately we might have to make ej ran Corey's up player yeah, yeah just saying ej ej beats me occasionally um whoa, whoa, when, whoa. I, when i talk too much so no. i uh i've been no 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 down. no Corey. no 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 sorry <laughs> all right. edit, edit that out literally edit that out yeah <laughs> all right all right next up is alex arnaldi who is our data analyst okay yeah that mm, sounds yep. right 
Important so, job. Very important yep. job. Anals are data. Yeah, nope. absolutely. Analyzes. Analyzes our data. <laughs> <Thank> excuse <laughs> me. Can that be the end of it, guys? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Paul. Oh, yeah. Why do I always get the tough ones here? All right. We got Paul. Paul didn't. Did Paul. No, no, Paul has not given us the. the I think he said I nailed it last time. No, I'm no, no. Sure. last no, time he said it was by far the worst. Yeah, oh, come on. Okay, well, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna mix it up then. Okay, we got Paul Kaczorowski. Oh, we have used that one. Yeah, before. we've used that one before, and it's definitely incorrect. But I emphasize that a different part of it. So maybe you know, I mean, we're we're gonna keep trying. So I'm, yeah. actually, I'm gonna get it right. But this uh, is, uh, Paul takes his job very, very seriously if you are in our Discord channel. And it is uh, BBD's wall staring photographer. BBD looks at a lot of walls and someone's got to be there to capture those moments. <laughs> yeah, and we, ha- we actually have a new member of the cast and crew, uh, Thomas Leobel, who is BBD's wall staring uh, stager and lighter. So mm, yes. Paul Paul's the photographer, but there- there's really two important things to getting a good uh wall staring photo um the first is uh abject despair and then the second is the staging and lighting so yes really important role here from thomas uh now now i got a question for you brian do you think that paul and thomas are going to get along working together yeah Uh, we we gotta hope so yeah it's gonna be tough but I did just see that uh, Thomas, Paul, and you just visited the Great Wall of China recently. We did, though, BBD. Yes. So you must have bonded a little bit. There were some icebreakers on the trip. Oh, yeah. um, okay. I, I was I wasn't invited. Is it because Daniel Brad's international document <laughs> consultant was that not there to help me get there? That's right. Yeah, Daniel. Yeah. A little bit lax on the paperwork to get Brad to China with us. So. Slack in uh, there. But somebody who did make it was Spoontongue. And I mean, BBD's hair looked impeccable in there. And Spoontongue, of course, is BBD's hair stylist. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. David Watt, our special guest screener. Do a better job, David. <laughs> and now? <laughs> Just do a better job. Excellent. What What are you actually doing? Excellent. Buddy? Excellent work as always. Well, job well done. Love I what you do. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Our next one is Victor Bauchamp, and mm-hmm. he is our executive producer. Whenever yeah. we just need to bro down a little bit, you know, I mean, Victor makes it happen. Have no, you considered no, no. Victor, Victor stops us from producing too hard? Yeah, Dude, Victor. Victor just sent me a case of Red Bull and two bottles of Jagerbomb. I think he's been doing the opposite job for me. <laughs> You're saying that Victor wants you to bro down, but as we've stated before, we think we we might need you to bro up. Yeah, so. I mean, maybe maybe you guys are being told to bro down a little bit, but I'm trying to get my bro intensified. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right, next we have going to be butchering this name. <laughs> Symbiol? Symbol? Symbiol? I'll, I don't I'll know. see you guys later. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's Symbol, but of course, Corey mispronounced it on the very first episode, and we will never let him live it down. No. Uh, exec- <laughs> our executive waste management operator. Uh, it it is a growing role as our casting in, in uh improves. So the more well, people, I don't think it should be growing. I feel like <laughs> Symbiol is supposed to be you know executing this job better. Okay, he is the executive. So yeah, yeah I think he should shut our shit down. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess he's uh <laughs> since he's the executive, he's not answering to somebody that we haven't hired. We need to hire someone 
That's above the executive waste management. Well, if that, if, if that's the case, then Rabbit Chicken is going to have to deal with that because he is VP of video operations. Mm, yes. Um, now, on, on this podcast, you might think it is audio only, but if you actually find the secret code in each episode, yeah. there is audio footage, or sorry, excuse me, video footage on the internet, and that is run by Rabbit Chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haven't seen much of his work, but I've heard it's good. Yeah. I, I haven't heard it's good. I've seen it's good. Of course, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Jer Majeldi. Correctly and, pronounced, of course. <laughs> nailed it. Jer is the assistant, and very importantly, uh, you know, not not just the assistant, regional, ma- regional matter, but the assistant to the assistant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic regional role. manager, mm-hmm. yes. Classic office role. Of course. All right, we've got, uh, we got Sultan Abbasi, who is our heavy editor. Now... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We have a regular editor. That person edits, does the regular editing. But then we also have a heavy editor, which that person deals with the heavy editing yeah, that we no, need no, done. No, yeah. we, have an, we have an editor that is a 25% partner in, in this endeavor. But we won't even list him on our casting crew. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no Just no. the heavy editor. The heavy editor yeah. is it not an enviable role, so I apologize. No, no, no. So... When, when when our normal editor has just you know, fucking has had it, work. yeah, when he's yeah. just fucking had it, it's... Sultan comes in and just gets the job done. When our yes. normal editor gives up five minutes into the podcast, <laughs> which is not need, a zero amount of time, so. which is every time we need a heavy editor. So, <laughs> all right, so so next up, I think, uh, is the most important role on every casting crew. <laughs> that is Pierre Vendelbo, who is our. Team sports psychologist. Yeah. That's uh, really important. Yeah. No, no, no. I have a question, though. When, when, he, when he came in, uh, did he have any credentials? Yes. Yeah, he did. I, he, he told did? me. To, okay, he, good. Good. He, he did. He told me to play like a little bit more basketball and, and all my problems would be good. So, I mean, <laughs> and, I've, I joined but, a rec but league. Also, so. But also drink water. But drink water and as well. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And yes. I mean, you know, the person who just oversees it all uh, is Time Ghoul and they're our manager. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just our Time time Ghoul manager. Manager. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. Not doing a good fucking job. Yeah. Oh, time yeah. Ghoul is our manager. Well, yeah. in, in honor of every uh, mockumentary ever existed... You know, the who knows how long Time Ghoul will be our manager. There's going to be some drama that results. <laughs> time will tell, and maybe being on the first, you know, this is the first week on the job, and I'm I'm saying he's do, they're doing a bad job. So time will tell how long they'll be in our <laughs> casting crew. <laughs> I feel like uh, the the casting crew supporting our our podcast. It's not a good idea for me to berate them, right? Uh, bad you idea. know, I mean, we gotta we gotta keep it's it we gotta idea. keep it real. You know, I mean. Maybe it'll motivate them to do their jobs better. I know? mean, they're all great. They're 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 all great. They're all wonderful. Of Ex- course, except Rabbit Chicken. Yeah, Rabbit Chicken. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> might need to improve a little. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Chicken. Sorry, Chicken. We love you. Please, please come back to all of our discords and our chats. Um, no, no, no. Thank you so much to everyone that is part of the cast and crew. Your contributions to the podcast are helping us move forward and put some investment into this and uh, we're hopefully going to be having some fruitful stuff come out of it in the very near future. Yeah. Huge, th- uh, huge shout out to the four new people that uh, joined. We really appreciate you. 
Yes, and to everyone else that has been supporting us for all of this time, thank you yep. so much. But that is our episode. I am going to go hang out with Amber. She is leaving to go back to see family. Uh, we are, uh, we are, uncle and aunt now. She, her her brother just had a baby, so she's going to go visit the baby. Uh, what the hell? I'm Red family. Choices. I live in Roanoke. She's well, not just, I thought she her. was just you, coming you, to say hi to me. I mean, she was trying to duck into town and duck out. Oh, but now you yeah, just ruined it on the podcast. Go, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of, I, I, yeah, I screwed up. Yeah, um, you blew up her spot, Brad. You just ruined the entire I trip. Did, I did, I did, yeah. I wow. did. Um, wow. Well, we'll just have Sultan edit that out. Yeah. Good call, good call. And we'll have time to go and manage your uh, words a little bit better, okay? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, so then uh, I'm going to hang out with her tonight and then start practicing for that tournament. Next week, I should be a lot more fresh and I'll, I'll be ready for another episode of the BBP. I kind of want to do a mailbag uh, episode, though. Oh, yes, that would be perfect. How uh, how should we get uh, the questions to us from the people listening to us right now, Brad? Well, for now, if you are listening and you uh, can get to our Discord, please do so in there. You will be top priority. Yeah. Pa yep. You know, that will be the... We will not have to sift through and 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 cherry pick. We will we will answer those questions. So yeah. make sure they are very vivid and gross and directed towards BBD. Yeah, and th that'll be the best spot to ask questions, but feel free to uh, tag us on Twitter with questions. We can try to pick some out there. And if you have any uh, complaints, of course, from the podcast, tag at Shaheen Sarani in case right. you are new to the podcast. That is our complaint line. Uh, yep. So if you have any single problem with the podcast, at Shaheen Sarani and just let us know how we can improve uh, in any facet. And, and one last thing to say is uh, Brad, 8.30 p.m., boom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought we were going to be done by 8.30 and it's 9. It's 9.05 oh. It's nine oh five p.m. Not even close. All right, I'm out of here. Thanks well, it's midnight here. We will see you next <laughs> week. Bye-bye, everyone.